This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, June 24, 2022. I'm Mark Bolanger. In the report this week, how radical right-wing fascism is on the rise, the anti-labor practices of the government in Fiji, a plea to support Ukrainian teachers, the Labour Start report about union events and singing... This is Radio Labour. Around the world, a new radical far-right fascist politics is gaining even more influence and power. How this came to be was addressed by the General Secretary of the European Trade Union Confederation, Luca Vicentini, in a recent interview. The interview was conducted by the Labour Radio Podcast Network at the recent convention of the AFL-CIO in the United States, where the neo-fascist right is on the rise. Well, I think the the far right had a sort of genetic transformation in the sense that, as I said at that time, I mean, the right wing existed ever, I mean. Uh, And uh, uh, the problem is that the traditional right wing parties and conservative forces, they were the ones that implemented the neoliberal economic model uh, at global level uh, and in all our continents. And the consequences of that uh, mistaken model uh, were, of course, uh, the financial bubble, the financial crisis, uh, the sovereign debt crisis, and all the austerity policies that were implemented after that. I mean, to try to react with the wrong recipe, I will say, uh, to these policies. And in 2016, uh, we could already see, let's say, the consequences of this wrong recipe, I mean, to cope with, uh, uh, with the financial and economic crisis, uh, and where just working people and uh, the poorer people in the society were paying the price of the mistakes done by the capitalistic uh, society, multinational companies, financial speculation, etc. And the solutions uh, that were implemented by the traditional conservatives through austerity uh, created the conditions uh, for the new far right uh, to arise. And this new far right is much more populistic and uh, trying, let's say, to let's say, mislead working people and normal people by saying, you know, the traditional guys, the traditional conservatives implemented this, uh, these wrong policies uh, and the consequences affected you. And then the left and the progressives uh, were not able to react properly to all this. The trade unions were not able to defend you. So we are the ones that are going to, to take care of you through our new far-right populistic policies. And, I mean, this trick... Uh, this kind of game, uh, uh, of course, has gained some space in the political space, I will say, the political landscape, because uh, people that were angry and frustrated and uh, very badly affected by this uh, this more than one decade of austerity and cuts uh, and uh, deterioration of the working and living conditions of people, uh, well, they were looking for something, some alternative, let's say, from some, some way out, let's say, from this situation. And many of them, including workers, 
including working people, have seen in these far-right populistic movements, uh, let's say, a possible alternative. And this has created the conditions for the far-right, this new, no, changed far-right, new type of far-right, uh, populistic far-right, uh, to arise and to gain a lot of political space, unfortunately. Now, uh, when then these forces got into government in many countries. I mean, Trump uh, in the United States, uh, many uh, regimes and governments in Europe and in other parts of the world, uh, well, uh, they didn't implement the policies they promised because they didn't take care at all of working people and, uh, and uh, the poorer uh, areas of the society. On the contrary, they implemented exactly the same neoliberal policies of the old guys On top of this, they also started reducing the democratic rights of people, uh, persecuting human rights, introducing discrimination and exploitation in the labor market, in the society, affecting uh, uh, with racial discrimination uh, many communities, many minorities, uh, uh, fighting against migration, against LGBT rights, etc., etc. And uh, on top of this, uh, they also started attacking the trade unions, considering the trade unions uh, one of the last paladines of democratic values uh, in the society and in the labor market. So, I mean, uh, all this shows that uh, these guys were just lying. They were just promising things that they were not going to keep uh, uh, in terms in terms of deliver deliverables, let's say, in concrete results. And on the contrary, they implemented a really far-right and almost fascist policy. Uh, uh, we have seen this, uh, of course, when they were in the opposition, protesting and creating violence in the streets and, uh, and, in, and in the society. But then we have seen exactly the same implemented also when they got into power, into the governments, I mean, and, and bringing forward their very illiberal and uh, almost fascist agenda. As in other parts of the world, the Asia-Pacific region is seeing a rise in authoritarian governments which deny basic labor rights. An example is Fiji, a country of about a million people in the South Pacific. The General Secretary of the Fiji Trades Union Congress is Felix Anthony. Mr. Anthony was recently interviewed by the Labor Radio Podcast Network in the United States. We supposedly have an elected government and we are classified as a democratic country. But of course, while the rights exist in the laws, the constitution of the country, in actual practice, they don't exist. For instance, freedom of speech is curtailed seriously. We've had three military coups since 1987, then 2000, and then 2006. And as like any other military coup, the rights of workers and the general uh, population have been curtailed seriously and in many cases are non-existent. We've had in between this democratic elections and those uh, elections where new governments were elected have not been actually given a chance to really rule. And we've had, like, like I said, three coups, the last being in 2006, which was uh, the worst out of the three. And of course, as we go along, uh, as schools take place, they tend to get worse and worse. And uh, we've had few deaths since 2006 in the coups. And uh, not only that, uh, the trade union movement, uh, the leaders were jailed. And uh, there's been really no real reason other than to intimidate, to instill fear in people. That's been the strategy of the military government. And then, of course, the military government 
got itself elected as the democratic government. The last election was 2018, uh, so to say that there's some semblance of democracy. But as we all know, that elections alone does not define democracy. We supposedly have an elected government and we are classified as a democratic country. But of course, while the rights exist in the laws, the constitution of the country, in actual practice, they don't exist. Let me give an example. For instance, freedom of speech is curtailed seriously. I myself have been charged for speaking up for workers, 2,000 workers who were summarily dismissed by a government agency. And uh, I have been charged and on bail uh, and waiting for trial in October. And I've been on bail since 2019. So uh, three years going. Uh, so uh, that's the kind of uh, situation that we face. People have the right to just live and to live in their own independent country. That is Olga Chabanyak, the vice president of the Trade Union of Education and Science Workers of Ukraine. She was speaking in a video prepared when she was meeting with leaders of Education International in Brussels on the 100th day anniversary of the start of the war. Education International is the global union which represents teachers and other education workers around the world. It's very difficult to talk about it, but today is 100 days since the beginning of the war. Every nation has the right to live independently. Every city has the right to full security. Every child has the right to education. Everyone has the right to freedom and seek happiness. People have the right to just live and to live in their own independent country. That's what Ukrainians are fighting for. During the war, we continue to do everything possible to ensure that the field of education and science continues to develop. According to the Minister of Education and Science, about 26,000 Ukrainian teachers went abroad due to Russian's military aggression. But 340,000 teachers remain in Ukraine. The ones that flee from the bloody war do so with only one bag in their hands and little money with them. They need shelter, they need clothes, they need food and water. Trade unions are doing their best to help these people. All they want is peace and to be able to come back to their homes. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of a warning from the Public Services International that long-ignored frontline workers remain key to the post-COVID recovery. We also carried news detailing the end of an important strike in Georgia, of how unions marked World Refugee Day around the globe, and of course, we had lots of coverage of the gigantic rail walkout in the United Kingdom. 
For our Working Women page, our volunteers brought us coverage of a hard-hitting report on the sexual harassment experienced by women working in Australia's mining industry. The report is quite stunning, and our coverage includes not just analyses of it, but links to the full text. It's the top story on our Australian news page this morning. In other news about women workers, we covered the opening of the inaugural Congress of South African Trade Unions Gender Conference, the election campaign of a French hotel worker as she went from leading strikes by some of France's most marginalized workers to taking on a senior government minister and, in the process, winning a seat in Parliament. And we celebrated the news that 50 countries are now on track to ratify ILO Convention 190, respecting protections from harassment of all kinds at work. A small sample of these stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes a union's reaction to the spike in the number of South African farm workers being injured in truck accidents a union initiative to improve mental health amongst Australian truckies, and the attacks endured by election workers in the United States of America after the last presidential election there. Our current photo of the week comes to us from Argentina, where inflation is approaching an annual rate of 30%. It shows one of dozens of protests across that country last week as retired teachers pushed for pension increases to match the rise in the cost of living. Now here is the American folk singer Woody Guthrie with All You Fascists Are Bound to Lose. Well, I'm going to tell you fascists, you may be surprised. Organized, you're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. All you fascists bound to lose. I said, All you fascists bound to lose. Yes, all you fascists bound to lose. You're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. There's people of every nation marching side to side, marching across the fields. Where a million fascists died, you're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. And that's it. Labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.